welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Good Saturday. Good Saturday, good afternoon, good morning. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. My name is Craig. I'm not Buddy C. It's funny how you don't see the two of us in the same room anymore. This is about Superman and Clark Kent. So here I am this week, standing in for Buddy. Mm. Buddy is helping helping his daughter move this weekend. He's asked me to step in, seeing as I can't make the meetings anymore. It's good to see everybody. It's good to see we've got Brian, we've got Scotty, we've got Ross, Tina and Drew. It's good to see everybody. And it's good to be back just for this week. I've not made the meetings because the day that we meet now is a day that I work and it just happens I'm on holiday this week. I just happened to mention to Buddy that I was off and he says, oh, good. He says, I've got a job for you. So here I am. Any announcements, jump across to buddyc.org. There's a wealth of resources on there as well. One thing that, that doesn't really get mentioned that much is the Sober Meditations app as well. So if you're looking for an app that's going to help you with the meditations, again, just jump over to buddyc.org. You'll find the link for that there. It's great. There's meditations and all the steps. You've got two-minute meditations, five-minute meditations, 10-minute meditations. Tons of resources over there, tons of books. This week, we are looking at verse 9 of the Tao. Who has a reading that they want to kick us off with? I'll start with Stephen Mitchell. Fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife and it will blunt. Chase after money and security, and your heart will never unclench. Care about people's approval, and you will be their prisoner. Do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. Excellent. Wise words from Stephen Mitchell. What did you get from that, Drew? I like this one in number eight together, because I remember reading through it for the first time. These were the first two that actually had real instructions for how to live. The first seven, there there were a couple of things, but mostly it was about uh, what the Tao is, what the Tao is not, some large metaphors, the bellows metaphor, that sort of thing. But this one and eight together gives some pretty clear instructions. They're metaphorical, but I like the metaphors, fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Just the more you try to get, the the harder it is to live your life that way. If you fill your bowl with soup all the way to the top and try to walk to the dining room with it, uh, you're, there's no way you're going to be able to walk there without spilling it unless you just move it like a snail's pace. So just take as much as you need. Don't try to take more than you need. Keep sharpening your knife and it will blunt. I took that as not trying to overthink things, not trying to be too clever not trying to outwit people or even yourself, really. Just keep your mind to the simple or else. I know from my own experience, if I try to be too clever, if I try to outthink things, that just always makes it worse. And then the chasing after money and security that several years ago when I encountered this for the first time in my, I guess, early 30s, that was something that everybody's trying to get a little further ahead than they are at that age. And that just told me to step back a little bit from that. 
caring about people's approval. That's just something that's always been a part of my life is trying to make everybody happy, trying to be what everybody, you know, what I think everybody wants me to be, try to only say the right thing. And this was nice to tell me that it's okay to just be myself. And if, if I don't worry about making sure that people, people like me, they usually end up liking me more <laughs> than if I'm actively trying to get them to do that. And then do your work, step back that, that, that taught me to not try to seek, seek recognition for my work, just be okay with doing it and not worrying about getting accolades or getting rewards or anything like that. Just, just do what needs to be done. And then, sit, step back, wait for the next thing to arise. Uh, so all of these, especially the first time I read them 10, 11, 12 years ago, I, the, this verse really did speak to me and I thought a lot about it, put a lot of practices from this into my life. Uh, the, this one was really good for me. Yeah, I can see the correlations between eight and nine. Eight finishes with mm -hmm. only when there is no competition, where we all live in peace. And I like what you're saying about the the part about seeking approval as well. One of the biggest things I've learned once I've done my fourth and fifth step was the fact that just what everybody thinks is none of my business now. I'm, I no longer have to compete for other people's approval. I don't, know, I'm, I don't have to be seeking something that's not really there. So it does tend to waste a lot of time in that futility of running around that circle of people's approvals. I think these are. I think there's very few verses in the diet actually give us clear instruction. I think mm -hmm. some of them can be a bit wishy-washy and a bit, but when we look at some of these ones, this is this is one of the clear instructions. I like what it says uh, in a couple of the a couple of translations. Um, some of them mention heaven, so this is the way of heaven. And the other one says the only path to serenity, and some of the other ones says this is a, the way to heaven. And then Ron Hogan, as Ron Hogan does, says anything else will drive you nuts. So a lot of the other translations for the other verses say this is the way of doubt. But these ones here, these are relating to the way of heaven, which I thought was quite a quite an interesting adage to the verses as well. Who's next? Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the Jeff Pepper translation. That's what he calls the uh, Da Ching in clear English. And it says filling up isn't as good as knowing when to stop. A sharp point can't be maintained for long. When gold and jade fill a room, no one can protect it. When wealth leads to arrogance, it invites mistakes. Achieve success, then let it go. This is the Tao of heaven. And for me, all these verses speak to, uh, to humility and uh, and that's uh, that's a really cool trait that that I really wish I could get better at. It reminds me of, of course, is filling up isn't isn't as good as knowing when to stop. Restraint for me, there's this when I'm not in a good place. It's like no matter what I'm doing, more is always better, and and and, and that's not the case. That's not the case. And, and man, when I'm in that place, 
I'm just not doing well. And, and I need to be aware of that. Yeah. This is another one that's really simple and broke down. And I actually went back to eight and looked at it. And it's, yeah, this is all good stuff, man. This is why I'm here. These are the instructions that I need mm-hmm. to save Brian from Brian. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Moderation isn't as much fun as unmoderating, is it? No. no. <laughs> but I think we, we definitely live in that society of we, we get that. We have that. I, I talk about it quite a bit in, in other meetings. We have that that instant gratification. We know that we can get things there and then. We don't have to work as hard for things. And I had this conversation with my son recently, the fact that he just wanted something. And uh, when's it coming, Dad? I was like, it'll be here on Wednesday. And we're yeah. still now. So he's like, oh, why is it taking so long? I was like, at the risk of sounding like my dad, okay? <laughs> when I was a boy, we had to do a couple of things before we actually got the thing. We had, mm-hmm. to, go, we had to go and work and earn the money. So I had to go and do my paper round and get up at seven in the morning, go and do my stuff and then go to school, get paid my pittance of a wage for carrying all these big bags of papers around. And, and then I'd have to save my money jump on a bus, go to the store, buy what it was I wanted, jump on the bus back, actually hold what it was for a couple of hours before I actually got it. And he's complaining about having to wait until Wednesday to get some stuff so we can... It's actually dice for playing Magic the Gathering. We fell into this Magic the Gathering trap, but it's absolutely fantastic because we've spent... In the past, we started playing it... We started playing a game yesterday and we finished about an hour ago. So it's taken us like seven hours to get through three games of magic but it's great because it gives us that time to spend together but it also gives us the flexibility to make a couple of rules up as we go along so we've been enjoying doing that just trying to teach them about the fact that we need to wait we need to be patient we need to earn this stuff that that's, that's coming to us as well scotty you got your hand up hey yeah uh, great stuff so far i have the jonathan star translation here i can read that for us grabbing and stuffing there is no end to it sharpen a blade too much and its edge will soon be lost fill a house with gold and jade and no one can protect it puff yourself with honor and pride and no one can save you from a fall complete the task at hand be selfless in your actions this is the way of heaven this is the way to heaven i really like that last little stanza complete the task at hand be selfless in your actions makes me think a little bit about tradition 12 that anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions. It's less important about who I am. It's more important about what I'm willing to do. And then this is the way of heaven and this is the way to heaven makes me think that this is the, this is how people do it when they figured it out. And this is also how to figure it out to let myself go be guided by spiritual principles, live in that humility and I'm much more likely to stop chasing those other things, stop chasing the house of golden jade. It's nice to have cool stuff, but when I focus on acquiring that stuff and getting that stuff, like you mentioned with your son, I do the same thing. As soon as I order something on Amazon, I get the email that says, your order has been shipped. Click here to track now. I'll click it. Mm -hmm. It literally just went into a box and I'm clicking the tracking button. That's like a guy should pop up and be like, dude, I just put it in the box. It's going to be a couple of days. I'm looking um, out the window as soon as I get that email. I'm waiting for the I'm going to go shake down the postman. Um, patience, humility, and gratitude, all of those things is what this is speaking to me. And it's a good reminder. I'm, I'm glad I'm here today. 
yeah, the Star one's a brilliant one because he's talking about grasping and stuffing things. And I think about the, I think about two of the seven sins: greed and gluttony. Mm-hmm. I'm greedy for all this stuff. I want more and I want more and I want more. And I'm gluttonous because I'm just taking it all in. I'm taking it all in. And what I find is a lot of times before before I found where I am now, I was much of a taker rather than somebody that would give. You know, if there was something to if there was something to get taken, I would be the one there taking it all. If there was something to be given, I'd be shying away and I'd be holding that what they call the, the jade and gold. I would hop that all to myself. I was kind of like the golem. It's all mine, and nobody's getting any of it. So I, I, I love the references to the, the greed and gluttony because what I find with this verse is telling us how to do something, but it's giving this nudge to say, "Don't do this though." So we can always read the opposites into it. You mentioned tradition twelve with the anonymity. I love that clause. Has been it's actually been my saving grace lately. Has been the anonymity, being able to go to meetings. I've taken a step back from a lot of recovery stuff I was doing, and going to meetings when nobody knows me. So you get to a point where you're going to the same meetings, everybody knows you. I actually went to a meeting. We do the the readings for the transitions daily, and it was quite uncomfortable because I went to a meeting about ten miles that way, and they started the meeting by playing the transitions daily. And I was like, what's going on here? Have I stepped into some power? <laughs> and then it was me that was reading it. It was January. I'm Mr. January and Mr. June. So I'm sat in a meeting and I'm listening to myself reading this stuff. And it, <laughs> it, was, it was actually quite uncomfortable. And then the turn and say, oh, there's Craig M there. So I thought to myself, do you know what? I need to find a meeting where I can be anonymous where I don't have this overriding ego of sitting there. In the old days, it would have been a case of, hey, that's me. <laughs> Listen to the wisdom words I'm saying here. But I'm really uncomfortable because I was at the stage of, this isn't where I want to be now. I don't want to be in that forefront of holding all this attention, craving more attention. I just don't want any more of it anymore. But it's, it's good reminders. I was looking through there. The Jonathan Star one was a good one for myself and also the Stephen Mitchell. I like the Ron Hogan ones, but I like the Stephen Mitchell one because some of his verses, I think the smaller the verses in the Tao, sometimes the puncher, there's a lot more meat involved in some of the smaller verses. I think the bigger ones can be a bit misleading. This one here is punchy, tells you exactly what it means, and this is what we're doing. I was thinking about, Step six, step six and seven when I was reading this because it talks about not hoarding stuff because, again, that identifies my defective character of being greedy. So I'm kind of looking at that that aspect of the reading as well and how I can relate it to my recovery. And obviously the opposite of greed is given. So what it's, what it's teaching me is, is moderating what I'm taking in. I think, uh, I think it was either Brian or Drew mentioned the fact that t- taking what you need and leave the rest rather than take what works and re- leave the rest. I really, I, I should know my own limits by now. I should know I should know when I'm full, when my bank is full, my reservoir is full, so I know when to stop. I also went to step 10 as well in the 12 and 12. And it's funny because this one's talking about moderation and restraint. Step 10 talks about um, restraint as well. So 91 in the 12 and 12, it says, our first objective will be the development of self-restraint. This carries a top priority rating. When we speak or act hastily or rashly, the ability to be fair-minded and tolerant evaporates on the spot. So I don't know if anybody else can identify with that. So that's me all over. Just that first reaction rather than taking that step back and responding to what's going on. I'm actually working with a sponsor and we're going through the untethered soul 
we stuff in this Michael Singer phase still, you know, the, the stuff he's coming out is absolutely phenomenal. And we were talking about yesterday is just listening to that voice, just sitting with the incessant chatter, just talking away, just telling you to react to things rather than taking a step back and being the observer and watching what's going on. So one kind, one unkind tirade or another, sorry, one unkind tirade or one willful snap judgment can ruin our relationship with another person for a whole day or maybe a whole year. Nothing pays off like restraint of tongue and pen. We must avoid quick-tempered criticism and furious, power-driven argument. The same goes for sulking or silent scorn. These are emotional booby traps baited with pride and vengefulness. Our first job is to sidestep these traps. When we are tempted by the bait, we should train ourselves to step back and think, for we can neither think nor act to good purpose until the habit of self-restraint has become automatic. So I kind of get the feeling that this isn't a quick fix. This is something I'm going to be facing with for a little while yet. So it also teaches me that it's not a one-done deal. It's something that I need to keep practicing. Just because I've managed to do something once doesn't mean to say that it's going to be as easy the next time. I think everything that I do at the moment seems to be a test. Um, and I'm having, a, I'm having to show a lot of restraint when dealing with people at work, people at home, different things that are going on. So I'm, in, I'm enjoying this verse. Tina, you're looking as if you've got something to say. And it's amazing to see. I've not seen you for a long time. You're looking absolutely fantastic. Nice to see you too, Craig. Glad you're here. I'm glad we have a substitute today. I feel like we can just be a little bit more, I don't know, out of line. <laughs> Gosh, this is such a good reading. And I would love to read. I have the, I have Wayne Dyer, Wisdom of the Tao version. And I just want to read the first and the last because it it does opt out the same, but I like the way he put the, these versions. I'll just read it all, whatever. To keep on filling is not as good as stopping, period. Overfilled, the cupped hands drip. Better to stop pouring. Sharpen a blade too much and its edge will soon be lost. Fill your house with jade and gold and it brings insecurity. Puff yourself with honor and pride and no one can save you from a fall. Retire when the work is done. This is the way of heaven. I like the, I like this translation. It reminds me of Craig. Who is the Who is the one guy at the very end that is very blunt? Is it Ron, Ron Hogan? Yes. It. I like that. I like those words that are more. Yeah, I don't figure them out. But retire when the work is done, and this is the way of heaven. I don't know. It's, I, I agree. You almost have to look at every verse in correlation with the last one or other ones. It's kind of like a puzzle putting them all together. And what I heard when I first listened to this time was not being, compl- not being in serenity. Would I have a serenity? When I first started this program, serenity always seemed awkward to me. It seemed boring and weird and there was something wrong if it trying to match calamity with serenity for me has been hard because if it's a if it's a tumultuous situation i am responding to the ninth i really related to when craig said about being quick tempered and this isn't a quick fix and i still 
struggle with my first reaction, I know is not my, is not the right one. And so it's almost like I'm, I'm finding that balance. And if I'm not comfortable, unless I'm overdoing, feeling too much, um, thinking too much, the pride, the sentence that said, put, puff yourself with honor and pride and no one can save you from a fall. That's true because you're always going to come down that fall. And I think, Craig, you might have been talking about that, too, with the anonymity and just not wanting to be put on a pedestal. Even if we even if I put myself on a pedestal, because that's what I'll do. That's where I used to live. And it was the big ego, low self-esteem I had. And I was a mess. I was so insecure, but I would just act like I had it even way more together than I did. And where is the balance in that? I think that's not sharpening your knife enough. It's letting, I let so many of my responsibilities go when I was drinking that that to me is finding that balance. It's stopping pouring or it's even starting to pour. I just feel like I didn't have that, the motivation to want to do better. And this verse makes me realize I do want to be better. And I I want to err on the side of, of my, my, how spiritually fit that whatever I'm into is making me. And this is makes this just the smallest verse makes me think of so many things I can work on. So that's the Wayne Dyer version. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the versions of this one just because I don't know why I think it is because it's more hands-on. Do not take more than you need. Oh, the other thing that reminded me of that is very indigenous teachings. I'm Native American and there's, I just, I've been reading a lot of things from the elders and it's just amazing how many times it's just been drilled over and over. Don't take more than you need. Don't take, and then I feel guilty when, of course, I don't for anything. And it's, that's not how I'm living. How did I get so far away from that? But I, this reading brings up a lot of stuff for me. So I'm loving it. With that, I'll pass. Excellent. Thanks to that. So we've ticked off another two sins. We've ticked off lethargy. If you're overfull, then you can get lethargic. Yeah. Um, so, so we got sloth in there as well. Let's see if we can go for a full house here. So we've got sloth, and then you mentioned honour and pride. So we've got pride. So the only ones we're missing is envy, anger, and we've covered lust as well because we're looking for that greed of of, uh, of jade and gold, storing all that jade and gold. I think we may, might be onto something here. <laughs> I like what you said about the, about the not taking more than you really need about the, and what I was, I was, I was thinking about the indigenous teachings just when you, just before you mentioned it, I was actually, I'll tell you a quick story about bananas. Okay. I was in the the shopping center. I love bananas. Okay. It's one of my staples. I use it for my smoothies. I use it just, I've normally got a banana in my back pocket. So I was standing in the queue and I'm taking all these bananas and one old wife turned around and says, have you got enough bananas there, son? I said, yeah, you're right. I took another bunch, right? And I ran, right? <laughs> Just for two things. The first one I thought was, hey, do I really have enough? Or I could fit some more in the basket. So I fit some more. But also just to prove to her, don't you tell me when I've got enough. I'll decide. Don't you know who I am? And then I ran. Uh, and then half the bananas had to freeze because they just started going. Because just the, the heat and they just started going. So I wasted half the bananas that I took. So I really did take more than... I needed, and lo and behold, the old woman was right. So the moral of the story is, heed the old woman and Asda. Drew, 
<laughs> yeah, you mentioned wanting to find some anger. I've got an experience with that from a couple of days ago, so I can add that to the deck of cards. <clears throat> and it also goes with self-restraint that you were talking about and not taking more than you need and not being too clever. Um, the house that I live in, we've got a, a garden on the side of it with a bunch of native plants, native bushes, things like that. The pollinator garden. Our neighbor next door hired a lawn care company to come do his lawn. They came onto our property and just destroyed our native garden, just mowed all over it, cut everything down to to the ground and left some tracks, like deep tracks from the equipment. It was it was awful. And my girlfriend's the one who takes care of it the most and she was just irate. I tracked down the owner of the company and called him and he denied it. He said, no, that wasn't us. We didn't do that. We didn't come onto your property. We didn't do it. I was there when they did it. I know it was them. And, and I got angry. I was shaking. I assumed he'd work with me because he was there. I was there. He said, no, it wasn't us. We didn't do it. And if you want to take me to court, then take me to court. And I didn't mention to him that I'm a lawyer <laughs> and that's the, that's my bread and butter is taking people to court or was until I quit that, that job. I can do that. So I hung up and I, I was angry and irate and thinking about how I can file a lawsuit against him, small claims court, all that. And I just stepped back and, and realized what am I doing? That's, that would take forever. I'd have to take off from work. Um, even then, it would just be so stressful uh, going back and forth. I just don't want to do that. Just let it go. Just forgive him. He made a mistake. He's not owning up to it. That's fine. They're plants. Some of them will probably grow back. If not, we can get more plants. It's fine. So I just mentally forgave him and just let it go. And then really not five minutes later he texted me and said hey i talked to a guy on my work crew and he did accidentally come onto your property and destroy everything i'm really sorry i completely apologize let me know how to make it right i'll do whatever it takes to make it right and i told him hey i really appreciate your honesty i accept your apology that's totally fine you don't need to do anything. You don't need to send me a check. You don't need to do anything. It's just mistakes happen. You know, it's fine. And he texted back, said, are you sure? <laughs> are we good? I said, yeah, we're good. I, I wish you all the success in the world. Just that's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And it, it felt so much better to do that and have that kind of conversation than, okay, yeah, buddy, I'll see you in court that sort of thing and then go through the whole process or even if i didn't do that just hang on to the anger for forever and just be so angry at this guy who denied destroying our plants so yeah the self-restraint the the not trying to be so clever and so smart that i can get what i want no matter how hard it is no matter how stressful it is um doing my work, stepping back, only path to serenity, 
that that stepping back that I did, the mentally stepping back from my anger and just making it personal. He's doing this to me. That just felt really good. And afterwards, I've thought about how I hope that he takes that forgiveness and gives it to somebody else in the future. And then a little while after that, the thought I had was, I need to take a lesson from him. And when I believe that I'm totally in the right and then find out that I'm not, to actually reach out and apologize and say, hey, I was wrong. He didn't have to do that. He could have stuck with the, yeah, buddy, see you in court. He was really brave, I thought, to, to say, yeah, it was my guy's fault. I really apologize. Let me know how to make this right. Because that's something I have trouble with. If I believe I'm in the right on something and then I believe I find out I'm not, it's really hard for me to uh, to own up to it and apologize. And what can I do to make this right? As much as I hoped that he would take a lesson in forgiveness, I'm really trying to take the lesson of owning up to my mistakes and making amends when possible. Isn't it frustrating when somebody takes the opportunity to have a resentment against them away from you? <laughs> the worst feeling in the world. I've now got a resentment because you took that resentment away. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. How dare you? That was mine. That's <laughs> yeah, no, my one. Do you know? There's always opportunities. We we have. My wife calls them weeds. I call them wild wild land flowers. I call them. Mm-hmm. I've got a little bit that goes between my trees and my next door and. The cats and that always come through that part. So I always like to have like wildflowers and what she calls weeds just scattered along that part. And I just let them go. And it's quite nice having that bit of foliage just coming up from there. We get quite a lot of butterflies, a lot of bees. We get a lot, quite a lot of wildlife coming from that part as well. We get hedgehogs as well in the garden. So we look for any opportunity to, to not do anything to the garden. I do anyway. Brian, you had something else? Brian, you had your hand up? Yeah, I was just. Uh... If we had time, I thought I might read the uh, Derek Lynn version. It, I, there's some commentary in here as well that I really like. That it's very similar to all other ones. It says holding a cup and overfilling it cannot be as good as stopping short. Pounding a blade and sharpening it cannot be kept for long. Gold and jade fill up the room. No one is able to protect it. Wealth and position bring arrogance and leave disasters upon oneself. When achievement is completed, fame is attained, withdraw oneself. This is the Tao of heaven. And I really like the commentary in here. Some of it says some bits and pieces or moderation and restraint are crucial to life. The sages note that an overflowing cup isn't necessarily a good thing because the area around the cup gets wet and messy very quickly. It's better to start short of fullness. In general, doing anything to excess is a bad idea. The smarter way is to do just good enough and nothing extra. When in doubt, just stop short of the point you think is optimum. It just says here at the end, it says to withdraw oneself does not mean retreat from society and become a hermit. It means there's no need to brag about your achievements, take on pompous airs or put on showy displays. Once you've achieved success and fame, it's best to stick to step gracefully and quietly aside. I like how it points out that there's nothing wrong with success and 
there's nothing wrong with having nice things. We're all not supposed to live in caves and wear robes. You can have a lot of money, but it's if it goes to your head and that becomes your identity and all this showiness. I've got a couple people that are in my life that I've met that, uh, you know, I know their story and they've had some, a lot of success. And, uh, but if you saw these guys out at the, at, at Kroger or at the grocery store, they just, it's what, what is what you get. They're below the radar and they're just solid people. And, and it's taken years and years for them to kind of let me in on bits and pieces. But I really respect that, that they, uh, that they have that, that humility that they've achieved success and, but they've just kind of stepped gracefully and quietly aside. So this is all good stuff, man. I love this meeting. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. <laughs> there seems to be a progression going on here. When we're reading the verse, we're going from restraint to moderation to humility. I think practicing the restraint, we're saying, no, I have enough. I'm only going to take what I need. And then I think that the humility is just a natural path that follows on from that. Wayne Dyer's Change of Thoughts, Change of Life, he's actually titled ninth verse, Living Humility. He goes on about cramming life with possessions, pleasures, pride and activities when we obviously reach the point where more is less indicates being harmony with the ego not the doubt i think it's important for myself to remember that as well of course it's nice to it's good to have nice things i think we work hard we deserve what we have but it's also nice to pass some of it on pass some on to those that are in need yeah through tithing through charitable contributions especially at the moment there seems to be just so much need in the world as well and who am i to who am i to hoard I was thinking about social media as well because we, because uh, Drew was talking about anger. I tend to find myself getting angry first thing in the morning. I fell into this habit of checking my phone again first thing in the morning. I've been my dad's due to get surgery, so I've been taking my phone upstairs. They're getting on a bit, but they are just across the road. So he's due to go for surgery on Wednesday on his ankle. When I wake up in the morning, the phone's there, so it's just natural just to grab it, check for messages. And, of course, I deal with people all over the world as well. Messages coming from different times, different sponsees. I think that this 7 o'clock at night isn't really my 3 o'clock in the morning, but it is. So <laughs> these messages, getting through that, and I'm just texting them back and just responding to that. And then, of course, I would check Facebook, and I do a lot of work of online recovery community so I've got a lot of posting to do first thing in the morning so just make sure all my schedule posts go but then I fall into the Instagram trap and then the Twitter trap and then I've had to delete TikTok but the Twitter and the uh, Twitter in particular and it just seems to anger me first thing in the morning because I think there seems to be um, what I'm seeing is there's a lot of intolerance there's a lot of ignorance there's a lot of hatred there's it and you know what I really need to try and cut that out of my life because I really find that if I'm starting to get involved in that, I'm not really practicing the principles in all my affairs. I'm bringing more affairs into my principles. I'm doing the exact opposite. I, th- I think just doing that moderation part, I can't moderate that. I'm going to need to delete it. I'm just going to say, just 
altogether just stop. I don't need this because what I usually find is every minute that I'm spending hating something on Twitter or Facebook is 60 minutes that I can be taken away from loving or doing for somebody else. So I think finding that right balance of finding out what's going on in the world and either attach myself to it or switching off and letting go. And I think just realising the important things that are going on as opposed to the things that people are making massive deals out of and just fanning the flames of hatred. For myself, my next step in moderation is just basically to is just basically to switch off. Scotty? Hey, so, uh, since he's not here, I figure I'd read Buddy C's translation on verse 9. People-pleasing, a cup filled to the brim is difficult to carry. People-pleasing always leads to problems. Success never brings the expected satisfaction. If you're too consumed with gaining approval, circumstances will appear to make you look foolish. To truly accomplish your goal, complete your task and step out of the way. In letting go, you make room for the Tao to use your efforts to their fullest potential. That last little stanza again gets me like the difference for me between a reaction and a response is only a few seconds. And it's important for me to know what I'm doing in those few seconds. If I'm aware that I need to pause, but I'm doing it with clenched fists and a clenched jaw and I'm just pulling back on the bow and just firing twice as hard, then I've just wasted that time. But we're talking about moderation. I remember a few years back, prior to, to, uh, to finding recovery, I was talking to a sales friend of mine whose job it was to take clients to bars and clubs and dinners and ball games and such and show them a good time, get them drunk and make a sale. And I asked him, how does he, how does he make sure he stays in line? And he said, well, I always leave 10 or 15% in the tank. I'm like, no, you, you never get too out of control. You're always within a frame of mind to be able to handle and usher these people around. And to me, I was completely dumbfounded. I had never left 10 or 15% in the tank in my drinking career. It was 100% all the way. You talked about the mess the cup makes when it's overfilled. I'm that mess. I was that mess mm-hmm. every single time. There was no 10 or 15% left in the tank. And thank God I get to live this life now in recovery, but that doesn't mean that I don't overfill. I do stupid shit. I look at my phone. I love to engage in the imaginary argument with somebody that I disagree with online or even with my kids too. If there's something that I think that I've done this a better way and they're doing it their own way, that that room to let the Tao use for my fullest potential is harder to come by. I insist upon myself. I've, I'm in my 40s. You're only eight. How could you possibly understand how to do it this way? And it's for me, it's about allowing. It's allowing for that space to grow. That is what gives me that 10 or 15%. That's what gives me that space to not have to grab it and control it and ultimately overflow it and make a huge mess of myself and everyone around me. It's, it's easier. Like one of the verses said, or most of them said, stopping short when I want to carry on and go on my little dissertation about how I understand and how I can tell you what to do. Sometimes just Letting what's happened unfold is an easier mess to clean up than cleaning up the own mess I make by insisting that you do it my way. It's interesting to find all of the ways that I still do that. I still find ways to get into my own way and not allow something else to guide me in the right direction. But this has been great today. Everybody's had a 
a ton of great stuff today. Mm. Just real quick on Scotty's, what Scotty said about being in your 40s and telling an eight-year-old, hey, I know how to do things. This is how to do it. A few years ago, my girlfriend and I volunteered at a little, I don't know, art center <clears throat> that would, for maybe two hours on one Sunday morning a month, They'd let people come in, you bring bread, you bring peanut butter, or not peanut butter, you bring bologna, cheese, mustard, and make sandwiches that'll be given to homeless people. So we have two hours to make as many sandwiches as possible on these tables. It's a limited space that we have. So we're always trying to come up with the best method to make as many sandwiches as possible in the limited time, in a limited space. And we had a really good method down. And then this girl, probably no no older than eight, probably seven or so, she joined our table. And I started telling her how we do it. And she said, I have a way to do it. And and I told her, this is the way that we've got figured out. And my girlfriend said, let's hear her out. What's your method, honey? And she told us, and we didn't get it at first, but we started doing it. And it just blew us away. The, we made we could do double the sandwiches that we could before just by doing her method and it was it was incredible we started teaching other people how to do it and they were shocked they were like whoa we never thought of this before and it came from this little seven-year-old girl yeah scott scotty's point about not enforcing your way on others when you think that best being open to how a little how a seven-year-old girl does something you can learn from anybody if you just step back and allow yourself to give somebody the space to try to teach you how to do something rather than imposing everything on them. So, yeah, that's just what that brought up to my mind. Everybody's a teacher of some sort. I was hoping Scotty would read Buddy's book with Buddy's accent. <laughs> we want you to do that, Craig. No, no I, I, I used to get <laughs> Okay. So, so the start of the meeting, you usually go, talk to me, boy. <laughs> Buddy, I'm 45. <laughs> Do that Scotty impression. I'm like, no, I'm not doing the Scotty impression. We, full, full disclosure here, it, it, when you said bananas, you said it three or four times before I realized what you were saying. I was <laughs> like, what? Must be some Scottish deal. Some <laughs> have bananas over there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, bananas. <laughs> so I said bananas. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started on aluminium. Alu- aluminium. Mm. Guys, say it with me. <laughs> aluminium. Aluminum. That's what I said, aluminium. <laughs> Neighbours has got a U in it as well. So anyway, it's been a great meeting, guys. It's been absolutely fantastic seeing you. I've really enjoyed it. I'm off again in August. I'm off for another week in August. A quick story before we go. We've had, and then we'll jump to Russ. The way my holidays of work have changed. So they used to run, so for 21 years I've been with the business. They've ran from March, sorry, they ran from April through to March. So I've sat since January waiting for my holiday allocation getting topped up so I can take holidays. I forgot that this year they changed it. And the holiday allocation starts in January and finishes in December. So I've been sat for four months. 
just waiting, chapping the bit, getting fed up at work, waiting for my holiday allocation to top up so I can take some time off. My boss is going, Daffy's like, you've got 40 days to take. So I'm <laughs> cracking up because I've got 40 days holiday in the diary. So I'm off for a week in August as well. So hopefully I'll manage well. to jump on as well. So see you then. Russ, you had your hand up? Yeah, now I just uh, really want to know how to make the fastest throwing sandwiches, to be honest. <laughs> you, you have to see it to believe it. I can't explain it. It's incredible. Tino was right. Gotcha. The rest of the time, Tino's got right bread, butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The the translation that I was busting out and getting ready to read was Jonathan Starr. So we've already gone over that, but uh, but yeah, for me the the way that that translation and pretty much all of them. Or verse nine uh, reflects back to recovery as kind of the old adage of being right sized, or the saying that in our drinking careers, and even without, even in abstinence, uh, I know I have a tendency to be that that egomaniac with low self esteem. And it reminds me. And again, it's been said before, and I appreciate everybody. Thank you, everybody, so much for your stories and insights and such. But it's been awesome. So it's been said before that it's okay to have nice things or make something the way that you want it. But it reminded me of a recent story. I uh, found a jacket online and, and bought it. And, of course, I did the thing where you watch it. There's actually an app where you can watch the thing move across the world now. So I was on pins and needles the whole time and it gets here and I'm like, I did, I'd rather this be short sleeve than long sleeve. So right now I've taken this jacket to an alteration place, waited a week, came back. Okay. That's perfect. That's great. But, uh, but it's black with white stitches and I want it to be black with red stitches. So I went and got a bottle of dye, did my thing and now upstairs. I have a shirt that is black with pink stitches. <laughs> so I may have, I may have overstepped. I may have overreached what I could have just been like, let's get it up. Let's totally get it up and just been okay with it the way that it was. And Drew, I really appreciate your, uh, what you were saying about anger. It reminded me of an epiphany that I had early on in my sobriety journey. I was always that guy who was willing to subjugate my peace and serenity for my ego and my resentments and my rage. I will go as far and further was my adage. And one day I was just looking at my phone. It goes back to the phone thing again, Craig. Looking at my phone and we all have tabs open. I mean, I don't know anybody who has just one internet tab open anywhere um, and i had 30 tabs open and i was looking at them and i was like that's the one i've been saving so that i can see my ex landlord and this is the one i have open to get even with the guy i used to work for and this is the one i have open so that i can learn about you know how to do that and they were all on hold and they were all just sitting there you know? and it was just all resentments and, and anger and ego and I just had one of those aha moments. Delete all of that shit. It's not, it's just carrying baggage. You're carrying that coal, that hot coal, and you just 
burning yourself. And it was one of those big moments for me, for sure. But thanks, everybody. Appreciate everybody here. Fantastic. Thank thanks, Russ. Did anybody else just check how many tabs I've got open on the computer? I've got 13. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like my head. I've got 30 open and I've no idea where the music's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we go? No? Guys, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. This has been a great end to my holiday. Thank you. Some of you guys, it's been absolutely fantastic. So hopefully I'll be seeing you again soon. And join us next time on the Diary of Our Understand Recovery podcast. Take care and we'll see you soon. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.